Hello, welcome to Recapping with Delora and Ashley. Please follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Recapping Podcast. Also, comment, rate, and subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. We're on all the things. We would love to hear your ratings of the movies and shows we review. Email us your audio file to recappingpodcast at gmail.com and we will play it during the show. Or DM us on Instagram and we will post and read it on air. Thank you guys so much for listening. Thank you. Hey, Ashley. Hey, girl. Hey, we're back. What's going on? Nothing much. Just (laughs) really enjoyed our time off celebrating 100 episodes yes yes um having amazing in conversations i just think it's wonderful that we got a chance to regroup and we're back and a lot of stuff has been going on in in this world to say the least right yeah it was definitely nice to take a little break because guys you know doing this every week as much as we love it you need, you need to come back refreshed sometimes. And I've hopped a whole plane and I'm a whole new city since last we spoke. So, And I'm so glad you said that because that is part of what I wanted to talk to you about today in our quick headlines. I'm looking at the New York Times. Federal judge strikes down mass mandate for planes and public transportation. I mean, we take a break and the world just goes buck wild. (laughs) Ashley, girl, how was it traveling under these new rules? Yeah, I mean, the writing was on the wall for all these things, obviously, as we saw waffling from the CDC and, you know, other entities in terms of mask mandates and all of that. So I knew it was coming, but I still am staying masked up when it comes to travel, just due to the close proximity, due to the germs. I still have my little wipes I keep in my book bag and I wipe stuff down when I get on my flight, you know, I'm still that. I'll take, you know, there's, you know, times with, you know, more space in public that, you know, I'm kind of testing the waters more, but in terms of air travel, nah, but a lot of people, at least in the places that I was traveling to and from, which was from Sanford to Dayton, uh, there was really very little mask wearing. So a lot of people seemed like they were happy to get this news. I'll say that. How were the flight attendants? I'm curious. Flight attendants were mask free as well. So really? Mm-hmm. Pilot as well. Cycled air. Okay. <laughs> it, it's blowing my mind, blowing my mind. But you know, the way these plane ticket prices are, I don't know when I'll be on the plane. So, I mean, I kind of do, but still it's rough out here in these streets. I was going to say, yeah, you definitely do. (laughs) But I'm definitely going to be masked up and might have the shield and the blood of Jesus. Okay. So (laughs) let's go to our next quick headline. Again, the insanity just, was on 10 when we were on a break elon musk to buy twitter for 44 billion dollar deal this happened i'm looking at cnn business april 25th ashley (sighs) one of the richest men in the world wants the most and i quote 
one of the world's most influential social networks. Is space not enough? (laughs) Ashley, are you going to keep your Twitter? I mean, Twitter is definitely the social media I am the least active on. Like I check Twitter for certain things, but I don't really utilize Twitter. So it was not really a blow to me in that way. If this had been Instagram, it would have been a whole other conversation, right? But (laughs) it's just... I saw comments about why are people pocket watching and all this, but imagine what can be done with $44 billion besides purchasing Twitter. Like mind blown, mind blown on just that thought process alone. It was how this whole process went down, right? Like he talked about it and then he bought enough shares to be a part of like, you know, he owned more shares than um, Jack. And so he had the uh, opportunity to join their board of directors. But when it came time to do a background check, he didn't want that. So he declined. And then the next week he's like, okay, I'm just gonna go ahead and buy the thing. I'm like, this is feeling really shady. Like what's, what, what is this all about? Well, I definitely went and looked at some of my some of my black public figures that I follow on Twitter yes. said once announced that I like uh, Michael Harriet. Like I just had to see Welcome. what yes. was happening, and so I assumed there was going to be a mass exodus <laughs> because of this news, yes. uh, or at least that use a bit that user interest will decrease. Right, that people who use it super actively will be considering alternatives now. I know, like Jamila Jamil officially signed off but I knew there would be some consequences and some actions before even we see what he thinks he's about to do what the ramifications are from this purchase and that is what I was gonna ask you next so part of why he purchased it he said free speech is the bedrock of a functioning democracy and twitter is the digital town square where matters vital to the future of humanity are debated He said, Twitter has tremendous potential and I look forward to working with the company and the community of users to unlock it. Are you interested in any of his changes? I mean, I guess I still, I've seen some of the things he said, like, oh, he may start charging certain businesses like government and stuff to utilize services, stuff like that. I guess I need to see what implementation actually looks like because at the end of the day I feel like the reason why people feel some type of way is for one obviously this enormous sum that he has and the level of influence that he can have because of that enormous sum of money right the fact that he did the post you know kind of seeming like he's leaning more conservative politically and all these different things that I think Mm -hmm. are causing the ramp up ramp up of opinion but to be honest this is already owned by a white man so how much different (laughs) is it really going to be at least publicly, that other white man isn't as erratic as Elon Musk. At least publicly. That's the key word <laughs> right there. We don't know these people. Guys, I say that all the time. We don't know these people, okay? And so I totally get it. Like, again, I don't really use Twitter like that. So I was like, this is, this is wild. It seems crazy. But yeah. the, we've seen these this, this level of influence and concentration amongst one or two people since 
social media has really been up and running. Look at the influence Mark Zuckerberg yeah. has had. You know what and I mean? You like Bloomberg, and let's not forget <laughs> Lex Luthor. I'm sorry. Um, what's his name? We talking about Jesus. Amazon? Yeah. <laughs> talking about old Amazon guy. He owns was it is this the washington post like he owns i i i'm i don't know off yeah i mean right news now, outlets but, i mean you had yes. uh fox news and the whole influence of that you know it so that's what i'm saying like i know it, it sound it seems crazy especially when you're reading headlines and you think about how it's like outspoken elon musk is about so many things somebody he wants to buy coke next just to put cocaine back in it like he's a eccentric dude <laughs> like even though that who knows he could be dead ass i don't know yeah he has the money he could do it yeah two things that had me concerned i mean one tesla and how they treat people of color is very alarming to me so i'm just like if he can't get, keep that under wraps i don't know what's going to happen in the tech world and then well that's still technology but in social media i should say and then number two but are black folks still buying teslas yes girl <laughs> You know how much he just paid one of the uh, his employees for harassment from Tesla, the production site? A lot. Millions of dollars. I don't, again, I apologize. I don't have it right in front of me, but it happened and it was very concerning because it was blatant racism towards Black people. And then the second biggest dread of all is providing a I'm not going to say this man's name, providing the former president of the United States Mm -hmm. access to social media. We already had a freaking insurrection. I don't need these political issues to be inflamed with the, his words. That's all I'll say to be polite. Um, So those are the angst that I have. I'm still on the platform because some of the people that I follow are still there, like Tiffany Cross, my boy. Um, I love Ellie Mistel. All Jonathan those people. K. Hart. Exactly. They're still there. And I still, you know, follow and hear their opinions, but that's because it's very early stages. So <laughs> I think, you know, another reason why I probably, not that I don't, take this seriously because I do but I think there's so many serious things going on at one time we got the Roe v Wade situation I mean there's just so many things and Roe versus Wade is much more urgent for me and to me and yeah so I think that's where I am with some of these issues too is it's like I know that it's a big deal I know it matters but there's a lot that matters so I gotta pick and choose what I'm gonna give my focus to on any given day girl Adulting is exhausting. Like, oh my gosh, we got to be concerned about the world and everything. (laughs) (laughs) All right, our next quick headline. Girl, so the only reason why I put this on here because I needed to know the tea. This is from Variety. Hollywood Nightmare from Netflix stock swoon to mass layoffs anxiety grips industry what happened to netflix during our break ashley (laughs) because when i tell you i all i heard was a lot of um people are dropping their subscription they said 
Um, last month alone, there was a loss of any uh, around 220,000 subscribers walked away from Netflix. Then there was major layoffs specifically in their marketing department and their stock price tanked. Yeah, they lost like 50 billion. 54 billion in one day. Yeah. Unreal. And so for years, Netflix was making it rain on all their projects and didn't, you know, keep it tight and keep it right when it came to the budget. And this is really catching up to them, Ashley. So much so that freaking this new season of Stranger Things, I think they said it was like 33 million for an episode. No way, no way. It was movie budget level for these shows. It went as far as to saying that um, some of the conversation that they will consider commercials to Mm -hmm. help. Yep, subscription-based commercial model like Hulu. Yeah. Ashley, are you still with Netflix? And if they were to ever put commercials in their content, would you stay? (laughs) Yeah. I mean, Netflix got me. Netflix has me for sure as a customer, unless their prices get outrageous. I mean, I deal with commercials on Hulu. I deal with commercials on obviously regular television that I watch on demand television that I'll watch. So, I mean, that's not really that big of a deal to me in terms of viewer experience and the ways that it may be for some other folks. I guess the biggest thing is your point of where did all this come from? And is it kind of their lies catching up to them? Because even this whole shareholder lawsuit, (laughs) you know, because Netflix has always been really cagey about information and data and all of that. So is this like the, the, the kingdom is cracking because what the foundation has always been shaky. Like there's always been a lot of shadiness. Wasn't wearing any clothes. The, the the Wizard of Oz has been revealed and he ain't who y'all thought he was. You know, I was wondering if it was like that. Not that it's the case of like an Elizabeth Holmes or I don't think it's going to be anything no. to that extreme, you no. know, because we've there seen a lot of that. Product. Yeah, we've seen a lot of that shenanigans in terms of people with these companies doing, you know, shady things. I don't think it's that big of a deal. I just think that Netflix has been on top for a long time now. Netflix Very was the long. first to really disrupt and create this streaming platform in the way that they did. So eventually there was going to be an erosion from the oversaturation of content and streaming platforms out there. We talk about that all the time. We we can't possibly subscribe to everything because you're just going to have an even higher bill than you did when you had cable. You know what I mean? I mean, if you think about it, all of uh, the networks, when they saw Netflix strategy, they were like, hey, I want the office back. Hey, Disney, I want Marvel and my not so popular Disney movies back and we're going to put it on our platform. So, yeah, that's a great point. Their competitors are catching up. And one of the things that's one of the things that's difficult now too is look at what the competitors have that that they have to back up with too. Amazon has Amazon Prime, but it's Amazon, so that's not their primary stream of revenue, right? Hulu is owned by Disney, who also owns Disney Plus. 
who owns, who owns the Disney Marvel. Empire, right? So when who you're looking at, film. yeah, when you're looking at the big top dogs of streaming, like those those folks have multiple streams of revenue, right? So Netflix is yeah. really going to be tough. And, and also Netflix was so oversaturated at this point in terms of the markets and all the countries that they've invaded, not invaded. That sounds like, you know, that sounds bad. And all, <laughs> in all the countries they are now in, that it was inevitable, right? You cannot continue to grow because there's only so many people in the world, right? That's just Ooh, a fact. That's so, an excellent point. Yeah. So I just think, you know, the time has come for them to have to reevaluate, look at their strategy, look at how they would continue to do things in the future. And maybe what they really are going to have to do is pivot to a new stream of revenue. Yeah, so that is why I think the commercial side is a factor. Well, it better not be because what I would <laughs> is be in the middle of freaking Bridgerton and they'll be like, we'll be right back. I wish they would. I guarantee you still going to watch Bridgerton season three, though. You'll be annoyed, but you're going to watch it because the content is still king period i do not watch commercials on hulu the only time i watch commercials is when i watch cable. but you can pay up for it so maybe netflix will do the same they'll still have a tier that you have to but pay for that's commercial the free. most expensive streamer out there and their content even though they have a lot of ip and it's coming out weekly monthly what have you i don't it, they're also canceling stuff left and freaking right ashley prime example pearl which was supposed to be an animated series part of the development deal with the success of Meghan markle and prince harry they scrapped that they canceled raising dion mm-hmm. they've been canceled. even though i have to be honest i think raising dion ran its course if i'm just completely you honest so? as much as i love the first season i think the star power of michael b jordan the newness of it the excitement over you know another kind of superhero type of project was cute but i don't even know if i needed a season two to be honest let alone a season three that's just mm. my personal opinion as much as i love the cast and want those yes. actors to be you know employed I think the show had ran its course, but the Babysitter's Club, I thought there was more to tell because there's so many books. So many books. So yeah, we will see to your point of Netflix and true and their true colors shining through. I just hope they're able to survive it because they have definitely been, you know, on the top for the last 10 years. If you think about the rise of Netflix, I think about their shows like Orange is the New Black and the presidential show, House of Cards. So we've come a long way. I also knew something was up when they started pushing a lot of reality TV because we all know that is the formula for cheap (laughs) programming. Well, I was just watching some of the ultimatum yesterday. Not by choice, (laughs) but I I still got into it. I'm going to be honest. Like those shows still can can get her done. To be continued. Girl, our final quick headline for today. This is from CBS News. Dave Chappelle attacked on stage by armed man while performing at LA's Hollywood Bowl. Girl, Tuesday night, Dave Chappelle was performing. It was a historical night because apparently he sold out. But at the very end of his set, a man armed van with they're calling this a 
It's called replica handgun and it contained a knife blade. And girl, Dave Chappelle is safe, thank God. He was not injured, but this man's arm was broke, bro. I mean, I didn't, I'd never seen anything like that in my life. Apparently, and, he got uh, stomped out. So yeah. Yeah. And his bill is set at thirty thousand dollars. Oh, Ashley, what did how did you feel when you heard this news? So the first thing I thought was that people are going to blame this on Will Smith because people are going to say, oh, this is people attacking comedians because now they feel like they have the green light to do so. But when I saw, I guess what it seems like Dave Chappelle's reaction was or what he said is he thinks this was a trans man. You know, if that is the case, this is based on his own controversy. This is based on what has already happened and what the outcry has already been from his stand up that has aired on Netflix as we have spoken on on this podcast. (laughs) So yeah, my thoughts were, wow, what happened and leave Will Smith out of this. Take his name. (laughs) Especially when I heard Chris Rock ran up on the stage. I was like, oh Lord, you know he gonna be tagging it now. You know what he said? He's like, was that Will? Sorry, y'all drinking water. Yeah, I, I, you know, I knew it. I literally said it to a coworker today. I was like, you know, that's exactly what people are gonna say. And what is some? I read somebody said that this was the death of comedy. I'm like, y'all are taking these things seriously, but maybe a little bit too seriously. Like, I'm still gonna go see comedians and 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 do their stand up routines. I am personally. Someone as powerful and as wealthy as Dave Chappelle, where was his security? Well, I mean, they scooped this man up quicker than I've seen people do, you know, in previous incidents. He got one good little pop off and then, whoo, they rushed and apparently multiple people stomped him out. That's why he, when you saw the- too close for me though, too close for comfort. I mean, see, I was about to say something that was going to be wild, so I'm not going to make that comparison. (laughs) I was- (laughs) I'll just say this they got him quick enough to me because you cannot always, you don't, you can't, you, you won't know someone's reaction. You can't immediately catch someone's reaction to that extent, unless you have like mm-hmm. the freaking secret service who comes and does a sweep of the audience before, you right, know what I'm saying? Right. But you'd mm-hmm. have to have that level of security to stop just completely anything. But I am glad that he didn't get a chance to shoot or stab the man. That's for absolutely. sure. Absolutely. So happy that Dave Chappelle is safe and this is just wild. I hopefully there's nothing else to this story, but we will definitely keep y'all posted. On to hot topic. All right, Ashley. Again, while we were gone, while you while we were sleeping, I'm <laughs> <laughs> getting enough sleep. I wish. Meg the Stallion details night of shooting allegedly involving rapper Tory Lanez. Quote, I was really scared. This is also from CBS News because Meg sat down with V. Gil King during CBS mornings and Meg told us everything. She told us that it was just a fun evening out it was shortly after unfortunately the george floyd murder 
And that's relevant because there was a disagreement on when it was time to go. Her friend or quote unquote, Tory Lanez allegedly said dance bitch and shot her feet. The neighbors in a very wealthy neighborhood called the cops. They brought out the helicopters and Meg said that she lied because she was afraid that the police were going to kill all of them. Ashley, I think all I want to know from you is why now? Why speak now? She had she has been vocal on social media showing us her feed in pictures and things like that. But at this point, I thought she was done talking about it until after the case. But this is um, we're leading up to the case coming really soon. And she had this whole sit down. What do you think her motives were? That's a really good question that, to be fairly honest, I haven't given a whole lot of thought. You're right, though. It's been two years now. Maybe it's just the continued public perception. She wanted to just kind of knock one interview out, get things off of her chest and be done. Because as we've seen, I mean, the public discussion has been really vicious against her um, by a lot of folks when this news first came out and continues to be the case, especially when Tori has said his piece about things and um, put out his album and all those various things. And, you know, my stance and feelings about it haven't changed. I don't like the way that things have been portrayed and perceived and discussed. So I'm glad that she spoke her piece and said what she said. But obviously now we have to just let the court case resolve and see what happens and hope that she finds her peace and is able to move forward. I know personally, you know, I'm tired of hearing about that man. I'm tired of seeing him on the shade room. So. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with you. I'm, you know, it happened to her. So she has every right to tell her story. So I don't have a problem with her doing it. I just was under the assumption after the initial, you know, social media posts and things like that, that she was just going to let the case happen and, you know, that'll be it. I was surprised to see the sit down, but I'm, it was a really good conversation in the sense of, I'm, I'm glad to get her side. I do feel bad that she lied about it uh, to the cops multiple times, because to me that gives someone allegedly like Tory Lanez, a silly man, an, an out. Uh, <laughs> and to your point, social media and the public opinion has not been on her side. So much so that people claim that it was her friend who shot her and they're just blaming Tori. And, you know, I'm just ready for this case to, you know, sort out some of these details and, you know, not to say that it's going to be the end all be all because we all know how some of these things are. If there's not enough evidence, a guilty person could very well go, Mm -hmm. but I just, I just pray that Meg finds some peace. I just, she really broke my heart in that interview. Mm. When she started crying, I was just like, Lord, bless this child. Talking about she can't get close to people anymore. Well, especially especially because I think people forget how young Megan is and the fact that she does not have the guidance of her parents. So anyone. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, that's very real. And every time she talks about the loss of both her parents, I really do think about that and try to, put myself in those shoes like when you're still in your 20s and you're parentless like that's 
that's intense. Yeah. And the idea of, yeah. oh, I was trying to make a family where I could to, you know, find that support. Yeah, that was very sad. But are you surprised family. that Kylie Jenner has never said a word about this, given that these events happened after her party? Are you surprised by that? Is her mother Chris Jenner? Of course not. I am okay. not surprised. Chris don't want nothing to do with this. Nothing to do with this. Especially with black folks. I'm just playing. <laughs> well, I was going to say, I mean, Ray J just had to come out and speak his piece of finally about the whole sex safe situation. So I just wasn't sure if this was something else that, you know, maybe would have been seen as, oh, we need to, you know, step into that and say something. So I was just so, curious your thoughts. And, and I joke and say black folks to say, you know, this is a little bit too ratchet on the scale of Kardashian. Like they like, you know, get a which light. is which is fascinating <laughs> given that you know Chris was he- and and the daddy were heavily involved in the OJ situation. So that's fascinating to me. It gets no worse, in my opinion. You know. So, yep, that's but all. No, it's not surprising to me. And what does Kylie really have to say? I, obviously, I mean, she might be a witness in court in terms of what happened before the incident. And you know what? I forgot. They dealing with the Black China thing, too. They already in court. I forgot that fast. And I was just about to say that as well. But they won against Black China. Black China would have had the best comeback story of all time if she had played chess and not checkers. Because mm. the way Kylie stole her baby daddy <laughs> <laughs> at the tender age of 16. <laughs> and no, you cannot steal a man. Men go willingly, but we you understand what I'm trying to say here. Mm-hmm. Anyway, back to Meg. She still is out here winning. She showed up at our next topic. I'll get there. And before that, on May 2nd in Houston, it is officially Meg the Stallion Day. So I'm super, I'm super excited to see this. This, um, the mayor of Houston, Sylvester Turner said, Meg the Stallion has an extraordinary entertainment career, but we wanted to honor her for what she does offstage to live people's lives in underserved communities. And so she assisted people after the 2021 winter storm during the pandemic and helped those struggling with homelessness. So, you know, I, I'm still team Meg because she's the one that actually got the bullets in her feet. Um, so Good luck, sis. And if there's nothing else, we're going to go ahead and go to our final hot topic. Let's do it. The first Monday in May (laughs) is such a great, great day because the Megala happened on Monday. And boy, there's a lot to say about this, Ashley. The theme this year was gilded glamour and a lot of people showed up (laughs) ashley let's get to the the nitty-gritty here who's your best dress darn i thought she was at least gonna let me have like a top three or something you only give me one oh you can i didn't want to give you a number so if you had two three five i want to know who were your okay 
Okay. Okay. I appreciate that. Okay. So my tops, and this was so hard for me, guys, because there were some looks, in my opinion. My tops, Simone Ashley. Ivy. <laughs> She's stunning. Mochino. Blake yes. Lively. Yes. Atelier Versace. The fact that she even had the transformation. She already was stunning. And I was like, okay, you just, you've killed me. All right. Janelle Monet. Ooh. Ralph Lauren. Okay. Love this look, especially because she's about to be Josephine Baker. It just, it gave me elegante, it gave me sexy. I just, I loved it. Jody Turner Smith and Gucci. I mean, breathtaking. The, she was giving, giving me real Josephine Baker vibes with that look. Her and Joshua Jackson together. Well, we'll get there. We'll get there. Because we're going to talk about couples, but keep going. Well, I've already said that they got me. Um, Carrie Washington, Tori Birch. Love that. Love that look on her. And lastly, Sabrina Carpenter and Paco Rabanne. The gold was everything for me. Honorable mention was Gwen Stefani, that lime green. Uh, I just was a little bit obsessed with. It was not necessarily on theme, but I love the look. So those are my top, top, tops. to What about you? Thank you, Ashley. You've already mentioned several of my personal faves. Blake Lively was stunning. When I saw it, I was like, sis came to play and slay. Okay. Um, Vanessa Hutchins. What she did with the fabric. Granted, it was not on theme, but she looked marvelous in Mochino. I also really, really, really enjoyed Joni Turner Smith as well in Gucci. She was styled by my friend, Way and Micah. I also enjoyed Cardi B in Versace. I love the gold. It looked very rich, very wealthy. And the other honorable mention, I wasn't, so I, I enjoyed this look because it was close to theme because she provided a historical picture for it as well. And that's Katy Perry. I, I really liked this look because it was serious <laughs> and it was not um, a cheeseburger or sh- chandelier, as you know. Um, and she wore... Uh, Oscar de la Renta and she had a whole booby out with this particular look and you know it's funny I've only seen this from the side I hadn't even seen a front shot of it okay okay yeah so it was a lot of fun all right Ashley favorite couples of the night well again I've already said Jody Turner Smith and Joshua Jackson really stunned for me but I mean Blake Lively and Ryan Reynolds absolutely are always a gorgeous couple so I couldn't I'm sorry I can't give it to Travis and Courtney I didn't I didn't feel it I didn't understand it I didn't like it so girl let's go ahead and talk about worst dress speaking of (laughs) speaking of the devil worst dress for the Met Gala 2022 Gilded Glamour so while you look for your worst dress I just want to have this conversation and, and say, why didn't people really follow the theme? Like, that is all I want to know. Gilded AIDS, we got 
a show that you can just literally reference real quick and be like, Gilded Age, huh? Gilded Glamour. I think we have some ideas of what that looks like. I mean, I'll start with the worst dress. Most of the Kardashians. <laughs> yeah, they didn't really show up and show out for me. They did not. And this was the first year that all of the sisters were invited because as we know, it was Kim's thing. She barely got invited. She needed Kanye. And then when she was finally in, you know, Kylie being a quote unquote billionaire and Kendall being a top model automatically got invites. But Courtney and Chloe kept missing the mail apparently so <laughs> recording to show up at her first gala looking like that I was very disappointed but what I found out was their designer was Thomas Thorne or Tom Brown I'm sorry and her look is a deconstructed look of what Travis had but it just did not give it did not serve I guess what they were going for and I also want to mention Kylie. I appreciate that she was wearing off-white. Mm-hmm. All right. That's why I, yeah, that's why I can't give her worse stress, even though she's up there. But she looked ridiculous with the that hat and veil in her face looked stank the whole time. Like, did you not want to be there? I don't understand. And uh Kendall, Kendall, I like the bigness of her skirt. Um, but the top was just too simple because again, gilded glamour. What where was the structure, the corset, the you know, the tiara or something? Chloe was the best dress out of the Kardashian, in my personal opinion. Speaking of the theme and the overall look, I thought she looked amazing in the gold. Um oh, worst dress to me is Cody Smith McPhee. Ah! looking like a duck <laughs> I've been looking for his picture and yeah he is definitely the worst dress for me I'm so sorry I don't know what this look is I don't know what you thought this interpretation of the thing was but it's definitely a miss for me absolutely and I think the thing that got me with Kim is I am a big Marilyn Monroe fan are you? I am. Like, I was such a big Marilyn Monroe fan. At one point, I went to uh, this one lady was touring as a Marilyn impersonator and did a one-woman show at the Dayton Art. She came to the Dayton Art Institute, and I went and saw it by myself, because that's how much I was a fan at one point in time. Okay. okay. But I think the fandom for me is one thing, but to put on such an iconic dress and try to squeeze into it and not be able to really squeeze into it and still think that you're having this glamorous moment you lost weight and did all this for it was a miss for me I really Marilyn Monroe that was fit particularly to her body she was still being stitched into that dress as she walked out to sing happy birthday Mr. President so yeah leave it alone like let it be I just I wasn't a fan I was I'm not a fan so you do know and I'm glad you brought this up because I'm going to talk about all the people I missed this year we missed J-Lo we missed the 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 top three I was gonna go somewhere else but I'm not gonna do it 
Zendaya, Beyonce, and Riri, mm-hmm. they were all missing. And so the only showstopper that we had this year was Kim Kardashian and Pete looking like her security. So I just, <laughs> I feel like she probably felt great about the moment, but like she looked really nice at the white house correspondence dinner i thought she was beautiful and i really loved the year where she had whatever she went through to be able to fit into that corset Mm -hmm. and couldn't move her pee yeah that was she was stunning like that was stunning to me and and i think in that case the pain uh, worked out but in this case i just think there's certain things for me especially in terms of like pop culture that you just need to leave alone and this is one for me you should have just left alone. You couldn't even fit your ass in that dress. So, well, the star of Riverdale, Lily, she was like, spoke out. It yeah. It's not a good look to talk about how you starve yourself to fit in a dress in today's world. Do you agree or disagree? I don't have strong feelings about it in those ways because, you know, I get it that perception wise, that's not a good look in terms of people who look up to her and all that. And there's so much issue with women and body image and all those things. But the Kardashians do a lot of things to their bodies that one could say is not necessarily something to be idealizing. You know what I mean? So it's just another thing for me in that. And she's talking, I mean, last year she could barely breathe the year before that. She couldn't pee or sit down. So clearly she does a lot to make these Met Gala looks work. In this case, losing 13 pounds is probably one of the easiest challenges she took on, to be honest. But leave Marilyn and leave the merch from the old icons alone. Unless you can fit your ass in it, leave it alone. Well, she lost 16 pounds and she had a lock of Marilyn's hair. I saw that creepy I saw that. (laughs) I saw that 16 pounds, 13 pounds. I don't care. Leave Marilyn alone. Okay. Leave it alone. So I do want to highlight this really quick. Emma Stone, you do not go from being Corella DeVille style icon to whatever this white swan looking Louis Vuitton ensemble. I I heard that was her wedding dress that she wore. Oh Lord. I pray <laughs> yeah, you're right. This is her after party dress. Mm-hmm. So yes. No, ma'am. No, ma'am. You are Corella DeVille. There are levels of expectations that you have to just maintain. Okay. The gays weren't happy with her, by the way, on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> they were not happy. And they are my favorite people to follow when it comes to stuff like this. So don't worry. Go le- lean on Simone Ashley. That's y'all new fashion icon. You know, <laughs> don't even worry about all this with Emma. And um, back to my favorite couples, of course, Jody and um, Percy and <laughs> Blake Lively. Percy, wasn't that his name? Was Pacey. 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 Oh, Percy. I got to say Gucci. Mind you, he's never looked better. He's never looked better definitely looks like he gets a lot of rest in this relationship (laughs) i don't know what he was going through with diane but he looks like he gets a lot of rest he looks moisturized (laughs) okay that's all i got you got anything else for for the met gala 
I did not get a chance to watch this year. But again, I was thoroughly impressed with some of these looks. Again, I don't know why a lot of people didn't stick to the theme. Maybe people just saw it as, oh, well, you know, I'm going to do what I want to do. But some of the looks were beautiful and fierce. So I still appreciate a good fashion moment, despite our faves being absent. Because Rihanna's about to drop that baby any day. You know, I was holding my breath and crossing my fingers that she would show up because she's been going all over the place. And I was like, is she going to give us a pregnant net killer moment? We don't deserve it because she needs to do whatever she needs to do for that baby. <laughs> but, we don't deserve it. <laughs> but I was curious. I was like, is she going to come through? Is she going to Well, through? she was backstage at that Dave Chappelle show. So protect Rihanna at all costs. At all costs. Ashley... That's all I got today for quick headlines and hot topics. What are we recapping next week? Okay, so guys, we know we usually do the streaming stuff and Delore and I have talked about it. We don't really show broadcast love like that. And so for next week, it's not just about showing broadcast love. It's about showing a critically acclaimed, amazing series some love. And that is Abbott Elementary. Delore and I have talked about this show so much sprinkled here and there throughout episodes what my two-time hidden gem (laughs) her two-time hidden gem shout out to quinta and the rest of the cast y'all did amazing critically acclaimed first season can't wait to see what season two is going to look like but that is what we'll be recapping guys so catch up whether that's through on demand whether you got hulu whatever get into it we'll see you back next week see you there Bye.